Um, sweet. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. Thank y'all for coming. Um, yo, yeah, anyways, I'm super pumped. This missions offering is awesome. Josh is like one of my best friends, and yeah, I'm just like really excited about it. So I hope you guys are excited about it too. Um, cool. You want these, dude? He'd be all white. You don't need that. Um, okay, cool. So, so do y'all know what, what we're talking about tonight? Or who we're talking about tonight? Joseph. Oh, it's all right. That's cheating. Okay, yeah. We're going to talk about Joseph. Um, yo, this is awesome. Have, has anybody been, like, reading through? Um, what's up, dude? Uh, has anybody been? My man up there. A couple of y'all. Okay, cool. Hey, for real, I invite you guys. It's 11 chapters. And the chapter's are pretty short. Genesis um, 39 or 38, thereabouts, through 50. Is that good math? Okay, check me on that. I need it. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, like, read along with us. So I'm super pumped. Sean gave us, like, a, dude, that was awesome last week. Were y'all here? That was good. That was good. Um, but he kind of gave us, like, an overview. And so I'm going to kind of jump into it just kind of straight up, okay? But first I'm going to pray. Um, so let's go to the Lord. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, would you, uh, yeah, would you just open minds and open hearts, God, to, to hear your words, Lord Jesus. Um, I get to be up here, but I really do trust that you're going to speak tonight, God. And so I pray that the people would just be willing um, to hear from you, um, hear your truth, and, uh, and hear your voice, God. We love you, and you name I pray. Amen. Sweet. So, um, Joseph, at the beginning... Joseph is what? Do y'all know? Yes, exactly. He's a kid. That was kind of supposed to be a joke, whatever. Um, he's just a kid, and he's kind of an annoying kid. I think he's like the youngest of all his brothers, and, uh, and it's, it's funny. Like, all youngest brothers, therefore, are annoying, right? Since the beginning of time, since human history, like, am I right? Like, all, all youngest brothers, sorry, this is a fact, I'm the oldest we, we kind of like know what we're talking about. Younger brothers are like, man, just get out of here. Um, I'm just kidding. But yeah, for real, he was kind of that way. And he had this dream. Um, Joseph had like these huge expectations, right? Um, he had these expectations because God gave him this dream that not only were his older brothers going to bow to him, but his parents were going to bow to him. That's like gutsy to say, right? Like, hey, dad, you're going you're gonna to bow to me one day. And you're a kid, and he's like, just go outside and play. Like, like get out of here. But his brothers are getting mad. And so he had these, like, really, really high expectations. Um, and then his brothers basically get super jealous, and they decide to kill him, right? And then they decide not to kill him because one's like, ah, let's not do that. So they sell him into slavery to a foreign land, which basically is just killing him in my book. Um, so this is where we're going to pick up, pick up. Does that make sense? Cool. This is where we're going to pick up. Genesis 39, two through six says this. Dude, this is awesome. So he got sold into this guy Potiphar. That's how I'm going to say it. Um, his house. Okay. And that's his boss. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. Five. From, from the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. 
The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. And it goes on. That's awesome. Like, because he trusted Joseph, he was blessed. So, has anybody here ever had a job? Some of y'all. Some of y'all have. Okay, I'm proud of you guys. If you haven't, reality's coming, guys. I'm just kidding. Has anybody here ever had a really good boss? Okay, cool. That's really good to hear. Um, I hope you have. Is your boss here? And they're like, if he says no, then no. They're like looking over your shoulder. So that's what happened to Joseph. He got sold into slavery. Super crappy situation, right? And then he gets sold into another land. He goes to the other land, and then he has this awesome boss. Like, that's a pretty good trade-off, I guess. If my brothers want to kill me, and then I get a job where my boss likes me, I'm okay with that. Um, So because Joseph followed God, we just read it, and kept close to obeying God, he was able to serve and obey the other people God put in authority over him, right? So this is what we're talking about tonight, guys. Two things, submission and authority, okay? Submission and authority. Sound exciting to some? To some, you're like, ah, okay, we'll see. Um, But it's, here's what's cool to me. Potiphar was blessed because he blessed Joseph. A good boss was treating his employee good, and so he was blessed because of it. It might not be the way that you've seen it. Has anybody here, you can raise your hand, because unless they're here looking over your shoulder, has anybody here had a bad boss? Okay. Like some of y'all had, y'all had multiple bosses then? Okay. Believe you. So I have had some particularly excellent bosses in my life, okay? Um, does anybody know who this picture is of? Does anybody know? Yes. What's his name? Flint Lockwood. Yes, that is his name. My boss, no lie, was named Clint Lockwood, and that's not a picture of him, but it actually looks like him a lot. And, I, like, the first day, I was like, he was like, hey, man, I'm Clint. And I was like, oh, it's good to meet you. And then, like, this, later that day, I, like, looked at his desk, and it said Clint Lockwood. And I was like, <laughs> and I, like, a week later, I made fun of him. But anyways, he was, like, a really cool boss. You can take that away. If you haven't seen, what's that movie called? Cla- oh, wow. Okay. Sweet. That is what you guys are into. Good to know. <laughs> oh, man. That was honestly mostly creepy, but also a little satisfying. So I had this boss, Clint, and, man, he was awesome. Um, I was a student worker, and, uh, and like, from day one, he treated us so well. And I don't know, like, if you're a student worker, you kind of just go in expecting, like, the grind, right? Like, I'm a student. You are doctor so-and-so. You're probably going to treat me really poorly, Right? Um, maybe not, but that's how I think. And so Clint was just awesome. Like he would, he was like a great boss. Like he would buy, like, this is kind of nice, nicer things, but he would buy us Olive Garden for lunch sometimes. Um, and sometimes he would like give us bonuses for working so, so many hours or whatever as students. Like that's a big deal. Most students is just like, all right, stamp your, stamp your thing and, and get out of here. But Clint didn't do that. Also, he was an incredible leader. I believe that good leaders always do this. They, all, they never ask you to do anything they're not willing to do themselves, right? That's, that's just good leadership. 
And I remember we had to do this kind of like data entry that was just like super lame. Uh, we had to just like write people's names and these fill out these forms. And I was like, Clint, um, why don't you ever why don't you ever do this with us? Why don't you ever fill fill in these cards? And he was like, Well, I'll be honest. I do everything else I ask you to do, but I've done my time, and I'm never gonna do that stuff again. And I was like. <laughs> Fair enough. I hate this too. Um, so, yeah, he was just like a great boss, right? So Joseph had a great boss. And if you guys have had a good boss before or just anybody in authority, professor, parent, teacher, coach, anything like that, isn't it like pretty easy to serve someone who's like really good to you? It doesn't, you don't even think twice about it. Like when I went to work with Clint, I was like, it didn't even really seem like work. I, I was like looking forward to it that week. Like, oh, dude, I get to go into the to the visitor center at this time, as if I was visiting or just, like, getting to hang out with my friends. But I, I was, like, working there. Uh, but he made that atmosphere great. This is the good stuff, right? That's a good boss. Now, y'all know the rest of Joseph's story? A couple of y'all? Okay. So here's what happens. It's not so good. Y'all ready? Okay. Are you sure? I'm just kidding. Uh, so it didn't last long. And it was cool, like, looking at, at, at Clint and, and even this other guy that I worked for, Keith, um, because they were such great bosses, they, like, didn't stick around long because they got promoted so quickly. Just like this guy, like, if you, if you are leading someone or, or in leadership and you're, and you're, like, taking care of your people, you're probably not going to stick around long because people will notice it. Does that make sense? Like, you're going to get promoted and, like, noticing all these things. Well, here's what happened to Joseph. Joseph, he was a slave. He worked for Potiphar. Potiphar's wife accused him of raping her, essentially, and he didn't, um, so it was a lie, and he got sent to prison, okay? So this is like the bad part, all right? I remember reading this. And thinking, man, like God was with him. It said it multiple times in those verses. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord this, he found favor in the Lord's eyes. And then this horrible thing, this horrible like situation happens, right? And I was like, God, where are you? Have you ever read the Bible and you're kind of like, is God even good? I really struggle with that a lot. Like when I read this a couple years ago, it wasn't even the first time I read it. And I was like really having a problem with God. And it was really hard for me to understand that, like, believe that God's character was good. So when I thought through that and I, like, asked some questions, one of my friends said, look, man, when you read the Bible, here's what you have to think. And this is where we're going tonight. You always have to consider God as innocent. God is always innocent. So when we read the Bible and we see, like, situations like this happen, um, God is always innocent. So we have to figure out how to approach him that way, okay? Does that make sense? Okay. So he went from this, like, amazing, like, basically second-in-command, um, not really a slave, more like a, a, a ruler, in a sense, um, to being put in prison on a lie. And that's crazy. Like, Joseph was put in, put in prison unfairly. So I guess I just want to ask you guys, how would you react would you give up, quit, look at God and be like, where are you? You're not here anymore. Seeing God's dreams, like, that he gave you as a child just be completely turned into lies. Like, he's in prison. It's not, I'll go into that in a second. 
you're lower than you've ever been. So basically, this is my question for y'all. Will you obey God based on what he gives you, or will you obey him because it's the right thing to do? Joseph, I'm going to read this, Genesis 39, 20 through 23. It's later on in the chapter. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Don't know what that means. But while Joseph was in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So he moved from this um, really sweet setup where he was working for Potiphar, and then he got thrown into prison unjustly, right? And then when he was in prison, he he didn't see that God wasn't there. And that's what I'm like... I'm really convicted about, would you trust God or would you trust your circumstances? Would you look for people to love and serve? I mean, at the end of the day, Joseph's like, man, I got sold into this horrible country um, because you've treated me so unfairly. And, and then he says, I don't need to do anything. God quit on me, so I'm just going to quit on him, right? Like, I, you don't have to raise your hand, but like, I don't know, that would be an easier thing to do than to do what he did. He looked around and said, who can I serve? Who can I love? And it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like he got accused of like loitering or something like that. It was like a horrible thing. He was a slave from another country who came in and was accused of assaulting a, 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 like a high-standing woman in their country, right? So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be treated well. It wouldn't be like, oh, man, you get, you get off in a couple years or anything like that. Like, it would be awful. Um, but what he did is he, like, looked around and asked God, who can I serve? How can I love people here? That's really awesome. Like, that shows Joseph's character, right? Um, F.B. Meyer says this. He says, he was stripped of his coat two times, but not his character. They had already been built. Sorry, that had already been built and was the one thing he would not give up. Dude, that's good. He fought hard to keep close to God and obey him. His work ethic, the way he responded to and served people was a reflection of what was already inside him. Does that make sense? A lot of times we think, oh, well, if I go through something really hard, then my character will be forged. Then I'll be, you know, a godly man or a woman, right? But what really happens is that stuff, like a, like a trial or like a really, I don't know, crazy thing happens to you, that just reveals what's already inside. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's really like the way your character is forged or built is through like daily obedience, saying yes to God day after day after day. And that might seem mundane. That might seem monotonous. But that's actually where we build our character so that when something does happen, goes awry, we get accused of something or whatever, hopefully nothing like this bad. But at the end of the day, then when we get, you know, surprised or whatever, then what's inside is already going to be revealed. I think it's said best this way. If I filled, there's no cups up here. Um, If I filled a cup full of honey, much like that one, um, what would be inside of it? Exactly. You guys are brilliant, okay? Um, And then, okay, second, this is a harder question. If I placed on the ground and then I just, like, kicked it really hard, what would come out of it? Honey. Exactly. So what if I filled it with, like, motor or, like, gasoline? 
What would it be full of? Gasoline. And then I kicked it, and it went all over you. What would you have all over you? Horrible. That would be horrible, right? So what difference does that make? A cup can only spill what it contains. A cup can only spill what it contains. So what's inside of you whenever you, um, you know, someone bumps into you, and you're like, you kind of cuss them out under your breath, and you're like, I'm so sorry. You're not sorry. You're embarrassed that that came out of you because that's what's inside of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, that's, it's true embarrassment when these things happen. Or when we blow up at someone for saying something or when we get offended, that's what's inside of us. Like, these trials really just reveal what our heart really looks like. That's kind of scary. That's scary for me. So I'm going to read this. It's uh, Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Dude, this is so sick. Who's out there? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's good. Um, whatever you do, work at it with, your, with all your heart, working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Guys, this is, this is what we're getting into. I'm going to be honest with you guys, as I always am. Um, I just had to preface it that way. This, isn't, this, this lesson of submission and authority isn't, isn't something that comes naturally to me. I'm typically pretty independent. I'm typically pretty strong-willed. Um, and that hasn't been completely taken out of my heart yet, but it, it's, it's grown in me. And when, and when I have this, this problem with submission, um, and, and someone's maybe an authority that I don't agree with, I just say, like, I'm going to find someone else. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Like, this might be something that you deal with, too. Um, I believe it is. But this, this last part, um, is such a big deal to me. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. You can do the next one. It's pretty cool. This isn't the message. It's said it a little different way. It says, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. It's pretty good. This is the right attitude to have. When we think rightly, we will be able to, to be content wherever we are, whoever we're under, whoever's authority we're under, because we're serving the same one. We're serving Christ our Lord, right? The king, not just our boss, professor, parent, whatever. We're serving the king, God. Joseph was able to serve because he had the attitude, spirit, and heart of a servant, he took that on. It, it was kind of placed on him because he was a servant anyways, but he took that on and, and, and kept doing that. So my friend Kyle Volkmer says it this way, and I think it's said really well. Y'all know him? <laughs> a couple of y'all. It says, we don't have to submit to spiritual, sorry, we don't have to submit to authority. We get to. It is for our development as a follower of Jesus. The people who are in authority that we get to submit to are gifts from God, even when they don't seem like it, in order to fashion our hearts and make them obedient, mature, and serving. Y'all see that? Even when they don't seem like it. This is exactly what Joseph did. And here's the big idea for tonight. The reality is we submit to Christ in people. That's it. We submit to Christ in people. 
You see this all through Joseph's life. Sean mentioned it last week. He always knew that God was the one he was loving and serving. And that meant wherever he was, no matter the situation or leadership, he could be content, humble, honoring, and helpful. In his childhood, he had that dream from God that said, you're going to be the king. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna rule over your family. He served his brothers. He didn't act as if he was ruler over them. When he got to Potiphar's house, after they, like, sold him into slavery, he served his master faithfully. Then when he got to prison, after he had, the worst thing he did was serve his master faithfully. When he got to prison, he could have easily been most discouraged and honestly just checked out. Just said, I'm just going to be an okay guy and probably die and rot here. But he served the warden and the guards. And if you look at it, he serves even the other prisoners, the ones who were guilty, even though he was innocent. And then later on, he goes to the palace, and he still looked to God as his leader. The Pharaoh was the only one who was in charge of him, but he served his country and the people who he had responsibility over. And ultimately, this is our responsibility, not to sort out who God has put in authority. Y'all ever do that? Like, I don't know if you're God's authority. Um, I'll serve you because you're really nice. You know, it's, it's not up to us. We are to treat all authority as if it's God's. Even, even if it's not the best way we want it to be. Um, and I'm not just making this up. It's in uh, Romans 13, 1 through 6. Used to the NIV one. Um, it says, it's kind of long, but, uh, but it's pretty good. Um, it says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. Man, that is a big deal. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, Whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do will bring judgment on themselves. I'm going to stop at verse 2. When we do this, when we submit to Christ in our authority, we are learning this. We are learning a lost art of brokenness and humility. How many, have you all ever heard anybody say like anything like this before, like submit to people um, even when it's bad, or have you mostly heard like, Hey, if, it, if it's a bad situation, you need to get out of it, right? Um, or have you heard, you need to stand up for yourself, right? It doesn't ever say that in the Bible. That's, that's like silliness. God giving man authority, God takes a risk on every single one of us. And when he gives us authority, it's still a risk. Man can choose to use it for good or bad, but either way, God has given it to him. And it's up to me to obey it, to obey God in that person. Does that make sense? Okay, y'all with me? I really hope you guys get this. And please don't listen to this tonight and be like, well, don't think of like the extreme case. Yeah, if your boss is like, you need to go out and shoot four, you know, people in the face. Like, that's so silly. You know what I'm saying? Like, think for real. Like, like who is in your life that, that maybe God has given authority to? Is it your professor? Is it your teacher? Same thing. Is it your TA? Is it your RA? Is it your parents? You see what I'm saying? Like, like it's bigger than this. It's bigger than the extremes. When we look for the extremes, we try to get away from, from being obedient. You know what I'm saying? If you're in an extreme situation, then, like, talk to someone who you trust, okay? But I'm guessing that might be one or none of us, okay? This is more important than just doing what someone says and not doing what they say one time. Guys, what I'm talking about tonight is an attitude of the heart. 
This whole thing is such a big deal. And we talk about when, when you do this correctly, when you, when, you, when you submit to authority and you submit to, submit to God, that's called submission. What would you all say the opposite of that would be? Any guesses? Yes. Fantastic. Good job, my dude. Yeah, it's rebellion. And rebellion, rebellion is like one of the scariest things. Okay, I, I don't know if there's anything, maybe isolation. Like isolation and rebellion are like two of the worst things that you can ever do. Rebellion means this. And it sounds just like, oh, it's doing the bad stuff, right? Like it's more than that. If you just go and, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to make something up. But if you, if you go and do something like one time and it's like, ah, oh, I did not mean to do that. That's not rebellion. Rebellion is an attitude of the heart that says, I know best, God. I know best. You actually don't. And, and I'm going to continue living the way that I live. Or it's actually, it could also be said in this context, God, you made a mistake. You made a mistake who you put me under. And, and there's just no way I can do this. That we're always trying to get away with things, right? I know I do. But this is rebellion. Obedience should be founded in love. And, and I hope this clears it up. Obedience should be founded in love in order for doing right things, not just to be obedience, okay? Obedience doesn't even always mean doing the right thing. Sean talked about it last week. If, if Joseph said, you know what, I'm just going to get by, I'm going to be a good prisoner, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna like, gonna, gonna to listen to the warden, that would be obedient, right? But what was his motive? His motive was to serve others and to submit to God in others. And so doing so, love for someone and obeying out of that love is the correct motive, not just doing, not just doing the act. Does that make sense? Like, like it's not, oh, yeah, I said sit down, so you're going to sit down. Well, no, that's, that's, not, that's not obedience. It could be if you're like, I'll sit down because I love you. But if you're just doing it because you have to, you're trying to get something out of it, right? Like, I don't know. If you, have a, if you have a job, I hope this resounds. If you have parents, it probably hits really hard, right? Your parents say, hey, hey, don't do this. Okay, I won't do it. And then you don't. But you, don't, but you do it rebelliously. You still don't love them. You still don't choose, you know, choose to submit to them and say, I'm going to obey you because I love God, right? What I'm talking about isn't just a list of rules. It's much, much deeper. And this is where we can be deceived, like the cup of honey stuff, like, like oh, I, I just, I didn't mean for you to see that, right? I, what I really mean is that's not what I'm like inside. When we talk about rebellion, we're talking about motive. It's doing things, even good and godly things, with the wrong motive. That's rebellion. People can look at your life and see all the good things you've done, but God looks at it, and it still stinks. You all see what I'm saying? This is scary, guys. And, and I've been here, and, and God's, like, good enough um, to, to, like, put people in my life, and, and I submit to them, and it kills something inside of me, Right? But it kills something really, good, like really bad. It's good that it's dying. It's, it's that rebellion. What I want to flourish in my life and in my heart is love, right? And when I submit to people correctly and when I obey God in them, then that means that love is growing. When I, when I just obey just to do it out of, out of obligation, then rebellion grows there. Does that make sense? 
it's kind of like this. And, and this might seem kind of gross, but, um, but it's a big deal, man. And, um, and, and so I, I think it's good. But it, it's basically like if you get a cold, right, and you're kind of like sneezing and coughing, and, uh, and it's not that bad, and then you expect that, like, if you start cutting off your limbs, right, then that will fix your cold, right? And so what we do when we have a rebellious heart is we say, okay, um, you're, not, you're not dealing with the root of the issue when you have a rebellious heart. You're just dealing with a symptom. And you say, well, my parents, my parents, yeah, you just don't get it, God. My parents, they were, they were really bad. They didn't love me like they should have. They didn't give me everything I ever asked for. Um, maybe you have, like, really actually bad parents. And, and God, you made a mistake. And you, and you have this rebellious spirit, and then you cut off your finger, Right? And then you're like, okay, it's fixed. My parents are gone. I get to go to college. And you get to college and you say, oh, man, my professor, they asked me to do this, but I'm just going to, they asked me to, like, turn in my work, but um, I'm going to copy my friend, right? And, and then you're like, but it's okay because everybody does it, right? And, and because of that, um, you have this rebellious spirit and you cut off another finger. And you're just hurting yourself, Right? I've seen this in my own life. I've done this in the past where I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smile, say yes, and, and continue to do it. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I, I hate you, right? Or God, like you made a mistake, God, right? Like, I don't know. Does this resound with y'all? Like, I don't know if your home lives are perfect, if you've always had like the, the most fantastic friends. But then you get out of college and then you get to a job, right? And then, and then this rebellious spirit is just flourishing, because you're continuing to cut off all your limbs, right? And then you say, oh, well, my boss, yeah, he asked me to do this, or she asked me to do this, because, you know, girls can be bosses. Um, and then you say, and then you say, I'm not going to listen to you. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to ignore that. And, and you're continuing to cut off limb by limb, small things. You're only hurting yourself. And that's why rebellion is awful. It, it kills us, guys. It, it's really just us slowly Unaffectively killing ourselves. Okay? So that's pretty heavy, right? There's like no laughing. That's okay. Um, that'd be weird. But guess what? There's hope. Okay, y'all ready? Okay. I'll take the weight off, put it on the bar. All right? Um, so we're going to look at this guy. We looked at Joseph. And Joseph's awesome. But we're also going to look at Jesus. His life is an example of submission. When he humbled himself, he was exalted, (laughs) not exhausted, probably that too. Um, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Oh, dude, this is so sick. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Submission, that's what it's talking about, okay? Humility, submission. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather... He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Have the same mind in Christ, one of humility and seeking the lowest point. When you do this, you will be lifted up. Maybe not by your friends, maybe not by your boss, maybe not by your parents, but by God. You all see what I'm saying? This is so cool. We can talk about what happens when you don't do this. I could spend hours. It's like, hey, guys, if y'all don't do this, you're gonna, I could, like, go on. Like, you're going to cut all of your fingers and toes off. That would be so lame. When you 
you know, when you step on others to get ahead, when you take up a position of leadership above your friends or coworkers, but that's just sad. That's a sad story. I don't think anybody here truly wants to have rebellion grow inside them. Let's look to Jesus, to the one we are called to be like, the one who left everything, just like it says, left everything, submitted and surrendered his own life in order for others to succeed. Guys, when it says this, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Um, like, I, I say this a lot. You probably heard me say it before, but um, it's, actually, it's actually more impressive to me. And be careful. But it's, it's, it's even more impressive to me when someone doesn't, like, die for someone, but they actually give their life day by day by day to someone, right? That's more of a sacrifice. Um, Hoogie, the guy that, that's coming or that we were talking about at the beginning, y'all remember Josh Hugenorn, Baldy? Um, dude, he's like one of my best friends. And I remember when I first met him, um, I, I was just like blown away by this guy. And I was like, oh, he's so cool. And I heard a story of another, and I was like telling someone this. I was like, dude, when I met Hugenorn, like he was so crazy, but like I just wanted to be his best friend. And then the other guy was like, dude, when I met him, um, this is an old song, and I'm not going to sing it, but it's uh, Matt Carney. Do you all know who he is? Dude, he's awesome. And he has a song, and it says, like, I will take a bullet for you. I will take a bullet for you. Um, I would blah, 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 like do all these things. And, and when that guy met him, Hoogie was singing that song to him. And he was like, dude, it really freaked me out. Like, I don't understand. But, but that's so cool to me because if you die for someone, say, oh, man, I'd die for you. That's like a one. That's like a one day sacrifice. You see what I'm saying? Like that's submitting one time. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? But if you if you say like I'm gonna live like like the Bible says, greater love has no one than lays down his life for his friends. That's laying, that's not dying like splat. It's like it's like dying like I'm gonna give my time. I'm gonna give my life to you. Do y'all see what I'm saying? And that's what Jesus did. He did both, being obedient unto death. Even death on a cross, he gave his life to his disciples. He gave his life to the people that he was healing. He gave his life to people that ended up killing him, but he was submissive. He was obedient, and he was loving. There was no ounce of rebellion in his heart. You see what I'm saying? It's so sick. Thank you, Jesus, that you were that way. Laying your life down for someone, yeah, it can look like time. You might ask, well, what? I'm almost done. What if I do this and don't get what I want, or others don't do this for me, right? That's kind of scary. We got to, like, take a risk. It's kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, I get what you're saying, submission, that's cool and everything, but, like, I know my friends aren't going to do that. You know what I'm saying? First of all, rude. Second of all, um, you might be right, okay? You might be right. But that's unimportant, okay? Because here's what we're talking about. Your heart your heart will die if it's filled with, with rebellion. Your heart will live if it's filled with love. And not only will you be a blessing, like be blessed by God, but you'll be a blessing to other people. That's crazy to me. It doesn't matter. Your reward is intimacy with God and a chance for your life to look like Jesus' life. That's, that's what you get out of this. Maybe, yeah, you, you sacrifice some money. Maybe, yeah, you sacrifice some time and you don't get anything in return, right? If you go in with the expectations that, that I'm going to look more like Jesus and I'm going to get intimacy with him, that's what you're going to get out of it. You see what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's the greatest thing you can get. So wrapping up with this, with this really fast um, 
saying, and then, and then I'm going to tell a story, and then we're going to be done. So worship team, you're going to be like two minutes. Serve up, serve across, serve down. Serve up, serve across, serve down. That's it. If you're here, and it's not your first time here, you're probably in a small group, I hope, okay? We're all in this building in a place where we can serve somebody, right? We all have, if, if you're a small group leader, you can serve your resource leader. You can serve your small group guys, right? Or girls. If you're a small group member, you can serve the people in your small group, or you can serve your small group leader, right? That's pretty sick. If this is your first time, or if you're like, all right, do you do all that stuff? We got roommates, family, friends, professors, neighbors, right? All of these things are people that we can submit to, okay? Serve up, serve across, serve down. Does that make sense? When we do this, when we feature each other, and we make other people big, they say, oh, man, like, you are so good at this. Why don't you just, like, why don't you do this? And I'm going to sit back here and let you do your thing. Or you're, you're really talented at, at art. Like, could you do this for me, right? Because I'm horrible at it, actually. Could you just, like, make this a big deal? And then everybody knows how great you are. Like, what if we made each other a big deal? What if we did this? This is what submission looks like. Because when we do it, what I said at the beginning, we're submitting to Christ in someone in authority, but we have to submit to Christ in each other, right? That's a huge deal. And that's what I'm calling you guys to do. Serve up and serve down. We don't, we don't have a choice to, to be drama high school stuff. I don't like them. I'll serve them when they, when they prove themselves, you know, blah, 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 blah. You get your, you get your kind of like neck moving quick. Dude, that's, that's dumb, man. And that stuff, there's no room for that stuff in the kingdom of God. There's no, there's no room for that stuff here. There's no room for that stuff. That will never happen in heaven. So why don't we treat it like it's today? We need to act like this so that love can, can blossom and so that rebellion can die. It's, it's, a, it's like a celebration at a funeral when rebellion dies. That's not, that's not common. There's not many places that that happens. If you have someone in authority that is hard to follow, then you leave. I mentioned this earlier, but if you leave and you go somewhere else, and then, and I've seen it, guys, I've, please trust me. I've seen this happen again and again and again, and I'll continue to see it until we get this right. When you leave your authority and you do not submit to them, and you say, I'll find someone else who's easier to serve, or I'll some, find somewhere else that's easier to, to submit to, you're going to find there, there's flaws in them too. And then you're going to leave there. And then you're going to go to the next thing. And you're not going to have any hands. You're not going to have any feet. And you're going to find out that problem is with you. You see what I'm saying? So um, I'm going to tell the story, and then we'll be done. Or team, you can come up if you're not up here. You're not. Um, dude, check this guy. This is, like, one of my best friends. Um, his name's Chad. Dude, he's the one on the left. Um, and his, <laughs> his wife, Patrice, they're both awesome. But, yo, for real, like, like, this guy is, this guy is monumental in, in the way that I, that I like, am, okay? Um, my walk with God, we say this a lot. We, we always honor people. Man, I wouldn't be here because of him. Okay, that may be This guy, for real, I wouldn't be here because of him. Um, is that the right way to say it? You're looking at me weird. If it wasn't for him, yes. Thank you. But, dude, Chad... Chad's amazing, man, and, and y'all don't know him, and you probably never will, um, but at the end of the day, here's what matters. I watched this guy 
Um, he's huge, just jacked. Um, and he came, he came in, he played, um, I don't, anyways, he played football in college. Um, he got his job taken by a guy called Cam Newton. Um, and, and so he transferred to the school that I went to. Chad, I think it's okay to tell this. Okay, y'all ready? Um, Chad wasn't someone that I really wanted to hang out with. Okay, um, that's to say it nicely. Um, I remember there were times where um, I would I would be like, "Hey, is Chad going to be there?" And then I like wouldn't go because I didn't want to be around him. And it's kind of funny, but it really sucks. And dude. It was cool because Chad started to get, get close to God, and he got saved. And, and, he, and he's not dead or anything, so don't worry. Um, but, like, <laughs> um, but for real, like, like he got saved, and in, in, in the way that he changed was, like, astronomical. Some of us get saved, and it's like, instead of saying, Jesus, when I kick something, I say, Jesus, when I'm praying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not much of a difference. But Chad, man, like, like he, became, he became a servant. And he and he'd come over and he and he'd clean up and and I wouldn't go to church. I wasn't. I was like, oh, Kyle was church. Um, and he would be. He would call me. He'd be outside my house and he'd be like, hey, I'm outside. Like, come to church with me. And I was like, you're outside right now. What are you doing? You know, like that type of thing. And and he would serve me. He'd he'd. I'd watch him. He'd he'd buy my food when we went out to eat. It wouldn't be much. I had more money than him or whatever. Like it didn't matter. Like he served me. He spent time with me. He spent money on me. Um, I watched him go to people's house and, and just like clean their trash. I watched him do all these things and I was just like, and I never got it. Like I, I was just like, Chad, you must be just such a nice guy. But then I was like, that's stupid. I knew you who you were a year or two ago. And, and I watched this change in him and then it really hit me. And, and what was cool was Whenever Chad did this, it, like, spurred me and this other guy to do the same thing. And because Chad submitted to us, even though it was really, like, serve across or probably, like, serve down, he, we, were, we, would, we would do the same thing. So we would go out to eat with people and, like, battle, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to pay for you. Or, or, like, try to throw stuff out for other people. And it was just, like, fun. And it created this community of, like, submission and servanthood. And, and it's just, like, it's amazing. And, and the reason I was, like, getting sad was because I texted him today, and, and I love him so much. Um, he actually just had his baby girl um, today, so I don't know if I was supposed to announce that, but who cares? Dude, he texted me, and like, I didn't even say anything back, but he was like, man, I love you so much. He said, I really enjoyed the time we got to ha have together, and I always treasure it, paraphrasing, but I always wish that it was earlier and I wish that it was longer. You see what I'm saying? My rebellion cut that friendship out of my, like, I can't go back. He lives, he lives all the way across the country. And so this is, what, this is what it can cost us, okay? But it's really, there's hope there because we're both like, we're both able to say God has changed us. God has cut that rebellion out of our heart, and there's, and there's love growing there. Do you all see what I'm saying? And so because of this submission, this is what it can look like. We can. Do you all think that's what Jesus looks like? Heck yeah. Anybody? Y'all know who Jesus 
Okay, y'all think that's what Jesus looks like? Okay, like for real. And so at the end of the day, here's the deal. Like, we can do this practically, okay? There's, there's just, I mean, there's so many things I've mentioned. Buying food, cleaning up trash. But, like, don't leave here thinking this isn't for me. Because if, the, if you think that, if, if you're saying that to yourself, then there's probably a sure sign of rebellion. But if you can think, oh, man, I need God, like, like we're going to worship. Come up here and ask him to clean out your heart, like, of that infection. Because if, if he can do that, then there can be so much life, so much growth that goes on starting now, starting tonight. But if we just let this rebellion continue to grow and we say, make excuses and all these things, there's, there's no serving God. And, and when we can't serve each other, then there's no way we can serve God, right? So think about that. As we're worshiping, praise him, yes, but actually ask him to clean out your heart, to make it pure, make it holy so that you can look more like him. Even, I'm daring you guys, even if he says, even if you say, I don't get anything out of it except being close to you. You see what I'm saying? So we're going to pray, and then we're going to worship. We love you, Jesus. God, thank you for, yeah, just thank you for your example. Thank you for Joseph's example of being submitted to you, Jesus. We love you, God. I trust you, and I know that you are, that you're here, and I know that you want to do surgery on our hearts, God. You don't want us to leave um, taking away different symptoms and, and, and mutilating our bodies in a spiritual sense and then moving forward with, with a root of bitterness growing and, and thriving and flourishing in our heart, leaving death in its wake, God. I know that you want to do this, God. And so I just pray for boldness in, in everyone here tonight, God, that they would just look to you and say, God, if there's anything like this in me, I trust you. And if there's people here that, that there's not rebellion in God, then I pray that you would just, yeah, give them creativity, Holy Spirit. Give them joy that they get intimacy with you, God. We love you. We love you. You are worth it. You are worthy, God. We love you. In your name I pray.